0: Welcome to the Centerpoint Pentecostal Church podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. If you got your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 1. Hallelujah, Jesus. Say amen when you got it. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burnt it with fire and had taken the women captives. And that were therein, they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to their city, and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with them lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Hallelujah. Just for a little while tonight I want to I want to preach a simple title losing and losers. Look you never say losing and losers. Let us pray. Lord, we love you, Jesus. God we- Give the Lord a hand clap of praise while y'all being seated. Hallelujah. I was picking with dad. Dad said, you coming to center point? I said, yeah. He said, you better not be teaching. I said, I got the best Bible lesson. I've been in prayer for, for this service for a while and God laid something on my heart at the very beginning and you see I've been in ministry since I was 15 so sometimes when the Lord lays a message on your heart and right before he comes up to it, it changes. That ain't that ain't been this service. For last month I've been praying about this service and God had one message on my heart I can't get away from. I feel like God's got something to say to this people tonight. I feel like God has something to say to us in this house to let, Zigzag is probably one of my most favorite stories of David. David was a mighty man of the Bible. We all know about old brother David, amen? That was the greatest king that Israel and Judah had ever known. The kingdom of Israel and Judah has never been as big as it was when David was king. Did you know that? Even the modern day Israel is not as big as the kingdom was when David was king. David was a great man of God. Yeah, he had his faults. Everybody does, amen? Don't come to church looking for perfect people. We all had fallen short of the glory. That's why we in church. That's why we here. Because we know we need God. Amen. David had a lot of great conquests and conquering throughout his life, but Ziglag was probably one of my most favorite uh, moments and events of his life because, you see, he had not yet ascended to the throne, but yet he was still fighting the battle for the Lord. He was out fighting and doing the work of God and him and six hundred men, they were battling it out and doing what God had called them to do and they were out there trying to get their, their name in and trying to get the what God had gave them and when they come home from doing after what God had called them to do, they came home and they found their homes burnt to the ground. You see, there's a stigma among God's people that once you get in church that everything's going to be all right. There's a stigma among our world. They say once you get the Holy Ghost, there's no more bumps in the road. And if there's a bump in the road, then obviously God has forsaken me. Obviously the church don't love me. Obviously my pastor don't care about me or else this wouldn't happen. Honey, can I tell you, God didn't bring you into the Girl Scouts, but you're a part of an army. It's amazing to me the people throughout my ministry that I've heard to say, well, it's just too hard to live for God. Have you tried living in the world? That ain't no cakewalk either. I'd rather have my trouble and God than my trouble without God. I'd rather live in the wilderness with the presence of the Lord than go to the promised land without God. Can I tell you, losing doesn't make you a loser. We are sitting in a house full of people that's lost some things. You've lost some families to the world. You've lost some family to sickness. You've lost some financial situation. You've lost some peace of mind. You've lost some, uh, oh my God, you've lost some strength. you lost some joy. you lost all kinds of stuff. I can go down the list. Don't tell me it ain't there because I know we're people. We are people living in hard times, in a dark moment, in a, in a desolate land. I know there's some people, we I would lose in some things, but it don't make us a loser. Losing doesn't make you a loser, it just makes you lost. Accepting defeat does. There's only one way that a Christian can lose out in this walk with God. That's if he closes up, throws in the towels, and walks out the door. God has rigged a fight for your victory. God has rigged a fight for your success. I need you to know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if God be for us, then who can be against us? There might be mountains to climb and and mountains to cross and something that swoops in. I'm taking my time right here. But it's just something that swoops in especially after you've been in church 10 and 20 and 30 years and and, and all of a sudden it just won't go your way anymore. You're thinking like, well, maybe I've done something wrong. Maybe this ain't the will of God. Honey, all the apostles were killed except for John. They all suffered, martyrdom, And even John, he was bold in oil. He was tied to a stake. He was tried, They tried to burn him at the stake, brother Peter. And when the fire wouldn't consume him, they pierced him with a sword. And the blood went down, and it put out the fire. They couldn't shut him up. They couldn't kill him. They couldn't bury him. So they put him on an island called Patmos. Bro, well, they got together and said, if we can't kill him, we'll put him somewhere where he can't preach to nobody else. And on that island called Patmos, he wrote the last book of the Bible, a revelation. He said, I, John, was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He wrote a vision that we're still preaching today. Come on, somebody. God made us warriors. He didn't make us Girl Scouts. Amen. Oh, we lost the battle. I just believe that God has more in store for the church than what we already have. For the best is yet to come. The problem is that when we find ourselves in our zig lag and, and we think we're doing pretty good and then all of a sudden the enemy comes in and we find out that the enemy doesn't play fair. Man, you've been paying your tithes, you've been going to church, you've been fighting a fight, you've been doing everything right, and you're still lost. And you're still out. And it's just like a sucker punch to your belly. And you're like, oh God, what am I going to do? The Bible said that these men cried with all their power. They went with everything they had. They gave all in despair. The problem is there are too many people that decide to die right there. Oh, come on, somebody. There are too many people that say, you know what? This is the hill I'll, I'll lay down on. Come and get me, Lord. We don't want to be like Elijah saying, it is enough, God. Come and take me. I'm not better than my old oh, boo-hoo on me. God didn't call us to have a pity party. God called us to be conquerors. I'm not saying it don't hurt. I'm not saying it didn't feel good. I'm saying take the pain and get angry with the enemy. Oh, hallelujah! There are too many people that sit on apostolic pews and they allow the enemy to lie in their ear. And they allow the enemy to let them know that their church ain't what it used to be. They allow the enemy to tell them that their pastor don't preach like it used to be. They, they allow their enemy to tell them, say, well, the spirit don't move like it used to. Yes, it does. But we got to move with it. Those men of God come to our church Wednesday night, and there was a lady in there that uh, they got the Holy Ghost, and there was a lady out there they went out to eat with that had, been, get, had the Holy Ghost for a while, and he, she sat there, and she looked at him and said, you know, I don't think that woman got the Holy Ghost tonight. He said, why is that? He goes, well, she didn't do what I did when I got the Holy Ghost. and You know, it kind of just whew, went all over him. He said, you, what have you done since you got the Holy Ghost? Well oh. You can't preach that everywhere, I'll tell you right now. they will throw you out on your head. <laughs> but that's a sometimes we allow the trouble and our life to dictate who we are. We allow the enemy to take and take and take until we feel like we are nothing and we ain't got nothing left. Can I tell you, naked we come and naked we shall go. But, oh, come on somebody. But all the days of my appointed life will I wait for my change to come. That's Brother Joe, by the way. All we got to have is Jesus. He could take our money, He can take our center to the enemy, He could take it all from us. As long as we got Jesus, we got everything we need to win the battle. I said, as long as we got Jesus, we got everything we need to win the battle. They're crying in despair and in, in their loneliness and they made themselves a, a pool of self-pity, Brother Beer. And, and they got angry. And they said, you, you know it's funny when, when people are hurt, they need somebody to blame. They do. And I, can I tell you, you can't be a soul winner unless you're willing to get bled on. Because there's a lot of people out there that you're going to have to reach. And they're going to be mean toward you. And they're going to be hateful toward you. And they're going to say some things that going to hurt your feelings. But as a child of God, you got to shake that stuff off and win them anyway. Come on, somebody. We... Man, this is Facebook Live and she's going to kill me But we buried a lady in Jesus' name this morning And five years ago, she didn't like me very much In the back of my mind, Brother Beard, I said ha, You already in church and you don't know it If you had been there our first meeting You'd be like, my God, leave that woman alone I'll tell you right now, thank God That there's some determined Christians in this day and hour ain't got to preach about me, you seen granny come into church tonight, first time she ever walked into church, she had that look, don't you touch me, preacher Brother Hutto said, I'm scared of death I've ever been in my life but look at her now, all oh, sweet living for God, hallelujah come on, ain't it good that somebody kept on trying they could have looked at the nothing and said it ain't worth it, but there was somebody that kept on trying when things don't go their way, that people tend to find somebody to blame and somebody to fall on, some scapegoat in their life, and the men all turn to David, they sought him even kill him. You know, there's sometimes you can't depend on nobody. We're too dependent on other people. Our walk with God depends too much on everybody else's walk with God. It's not about them, and it's not about him, and it ain't about her. It's about you and him. Come on, somebody. It's just like the very beginning. you got to do your first love, your first works over again. It ain't about it. Mama's living for God or my wife's living for God or my grandkids living for God. I made my mind up a long time ago that I'm going to live for God today, tomorrow, and forever. If i got to do it alone, I'm going to make heaven. You'll be surprised what kind of victory comes out of an attitude like that. The most amazing thing about this uh, time in David's life when everybody decided, that's it, you're not the man, you, you, you deserve to die. In that moment, most of us ministers, you know what, we'd, we'd probably fall back in our chairs and say, you know what, I ain't the man. Maybe I'm not the man. This wouldn't have happened if I wasn't. But David was not that man to accept defeat lightly. David throughout his whole life had his mistakes, but he didn't know how to quit. David didn't do everything right, but he didn't know how to fall correctly. He didn't know how to stay down. We need that spirit in us that when the enemy comes against us, we don't know how to give up. And we don't know how to give in, but we keep pushing forward. Verse 6 said, David was greatly distressed for the people's sake of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David, look, you never say, but David. But David encouraged himself and the Lord his God. Didn't say the Lord God and said the Lord is God. He had a personal relationship with God. It didn't matter what they were doing, He knew what they were doing. Himself with God. It reminds me of Brother Paul having suffered so many things. And the Bible, I can't quote it from heart but talked about being shipwrecked a night and a day, spent in the deep, and hunger and pain and loneliness. Often, uh, of the Jews received 35 uh, times 30 stripes. He went through all these bad things and all these turnbulls. He said, But if there be any good thing to think on these things, Somebody, if there be any good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything positive, we gotta focus on what God has done in order for us to get to where God is going. I can promise you this that God didn't bring you this far to for you to cap out. There is no limits to the power and the love and the grace of God. Amen. Come on, somebody, we ain't begin to see, we ain't begin to hear, we ain't begin to be a part of the revival that God has for this people. A lot of people want to live in revival from yesterday. I can't wait for revival tomorrow. Come on, somebody. Mm. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Some people say that's crazy. You're crazy if you talk to yourself. Don't come around me very often. I talk to myself all the time. My kids don't got used to it. Sometimes I'll be preaching in my back room, and I'll be preaching to myself. That's how I started preaching. I preach to the wall. I preach to the window. I preach to the hairbrush. It don't matter. My kids walk in there like, oh, he's talking to himself again. And they just close the door. They're used to it. That is crazy. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. you got to talk your way out of the situation. There's some lies that come in your mind. that. With God, all things are possible. Somebody needs to remind themselves about Philippians, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God. Sometimes you got to give yourself a good talking to. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but when I'm talking with the Lord, and the Lord talks to me, he talks to me a little more rough. And he talks to other people. I guess I'm a little more hard-headed. But every time I get to feeling bad about myself, I hear a word saying, What you going to do about it, sissy? How are y'all's eyes looked at me? Hey, I'll tell you right now, my God knows exactly how to get my attention. He said, What you going to do about it? You going to lay there and you are going to cry? Or you going to get up and you going to do something? Oh, hallelujah. The other night. I was, a couple of weeks, a couple months ago, we was going through some, I was going through some health problems. I didn't really tell a whole lot of family nothing about it, but I was having some blood pressure issues and I was having, I don't, I'm not the type of guy that had panic attacks. I don't, I'm not the type of guy to worry about that kind of stuff. But there was a night, Brother Beard, I got up in the. I couldn't sleep. Sleep was a thing. of. I just couldn't get it no more. I don't know where it went, but it wasn't in my house. It wasn't in my house anyway. And I I was wrestling in the night. I was wrestling. And I got up. It felt like my chest was about to come out of my body. It felt like, I mean, I was having a heart attack. I thought I was dying. I rolled out of bed. I said, baby, I don't know what's going on. I said, we got to call 911. And thank God I got a good praying wife. Husbands, if you you got a praying wife, you got a jewel. Amen. My wife and her umption, she looked at me and she goes, I don't think it's physical. I think it's spiritual. And all of a sudden, my heart went from aching and pain of getting mad. And I had some kind of rush run over me. I said, what? I said, you're being attacked. I said, by what? He said, it's a panic. I said, oh, no. I said, this devil don't come up into my house. He done felt brave enough to come up into my room, right down the hall from my babies, and torment me in my sleep. Oh, no, devil. We started praying in that place. And I'm not talking about holier than thou, bless me to God, dignified prayer. I'm talking about turn on the lights, turn something over, have a prayer meet. Della. you done started something now. Never in my life that I ever think he'd had the gumption to attack me in my own home but he thought about it different after that. I slept good after that. Oh my Sometimes we got to get tired of being kicked around. Sometimes we just got to get tired of losing. Sometimes we just got to get tired of our situation and decide that I'm going to eat. What David done, and I'm trying to hurry, guys. What David done in verse 7 is something amazing to me. He said, after he encouraged himself, he said, bring forth the ephod. Most ministry, and I've heard it preached this way, and I'm sure it helps this way. The ephod, we know, is a garment of praise. Amen. But most times we preach that he brought the ephod on, and he worshiped his way into into, uh, uh, confidence. But, you know, he was already encouraged in verse 6. He already did that in verse six. So, what was the ephod for? To understand that, you need to know what the ephod was made of. The ephod was a, a garment of worship. I ain't got time to go through everything, but there were two things inside the ephod that were called Urim and thuman. Did I say that right? Ah, yes, you said I did. That was good enough for me. There were two prophetic stones that were behind the chest plate of the man of God, of the priest. They were prophetic stones. Right behind the children of God, there were some stones of direction, some stones of prophecy. I need you to understand, the priest without prophecy worships out of the will of God. I'm, I, hold on, I'm getting somewhere. The Bible said, if faith without works is dead. Amen. But can I tell you there are people without a vision will perish you it's not enough to go to church you got to have a vision of what you want in God it ain't enough to say I'm a Christian and this is enough you got to have a vision a hunger in God Mark David put on that ephod, and he had one question, Brother Beard. He said, can I go? Can I go? Can I go to the enemy, God, and take it back? Can I go out there, oh, God? Give me a chance to fight. He had one vision and one hope in his home. He said, I want it back. Well, you never say, I want it back. I want it back. My God, there's some of us in here, we done got used to being empty and half full. That, that we're just used to it now. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be half full. I want to be overflowing. I want to be overflowing. I want it all. If the enemy is not satisfied with one or two, then neither am I. And he can't have none. I want all my family. I want all my cousins. I want all my community. I want all my state. I want all my nation. There seems to be a stigma among the church that, well, that church is big enough, brother. You know what I mean? I like it right here. It's comfortable right here. It ain't about numbers. It's about heaven. And I don't want any to miss it. you got to have a vision in your heart. you got to have a vision in your home if you're going to keep moving forward in God. Amen. David couldn't accept defeat. And that's what made him push on. That's what made him a great man of God. That's what made him a great conqueror. If you don't know how to give up, then you're going to do great things for the kingdom of God. I'll say it again. If you don't know how to give up, you're going to do great things for the kingdom of God. God has only one qualification to live for him. Be willing. You ain't got to be the best speaker. You ain't got to be the best preacher. You ain't got to be the best singer. You ain't got to be the most smart uh, Sunday school teacher. You ain't got to be nothing but willing. David understood that what he was fighting for was more valuable than what he was leaving behind. It was too valuable to let it go. It was too valuable not to fight. It was too valuable not to keep pushing forward. On the valley looking overlooking uh, the giant Goliath, the whole nation of Israel, the army of God was shaking. And that little bitty David looked over and said, is there not a cause? See, David even at a young age understood that the devil don't stop with an inch. We let him take our peace of mind, and he'll take our joy. We let him take our joy, and he'll take our salvation. We let him take our salvation, and we let him take our baby salvation. And future generations to come. Come on, somebody. David was smart enough to know stop with an inch, so we had to draw a line right here. We need an understanding that is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to be on fire? Is there not a reason to continue the fight? Mm-hmm. I may have lost some things. I might not have what I used to have but I ain't giving up right here. Come on somebody. I'm pushing on. Here's the greatest thing about having determination and walk with God. David took 400 men. 200 men were so wore out from weeping and crying. And they had every right to be weeping and crying and a brokenness. 200 men stayed home. They just couldn't fight. They couldn't bring up the courage to stand up and fight. But David and 400 men said, no, nah, we can't let the devil get away with this. This is too, that's my babies." That's my wife. That's my cattle. This is my land. That was my home that he burned. We're not letting the enemy get away with this. And they marched on with 400 men. And they caught up with that army. And the Bible said they fought from 12 o'clock in the morning all the way to the next evening. And at the end of the battle, David recovered it all. Here's the big thing. He didn't just recover his stuff. They didn't just recover the 400 men stuff. They recovered it all. Even the men that stayed home, they fought the battle, and they brought it back home. There's some people that won't even fight for themselves in the house of God. That's okay. That's why we're a family. That's why we're a brotherhood, a sisterhood. When you ain't got the prayer to pray, I'll pray for you. when you're going through hard times and you don't know which way to go I'll help you and when I fall you're going to be there for me that's the best thing about living for God and nobody fights alone greatest family I've ever been a part of was God's family God's family will love you like nobody else. God's people will love you like nobody else. I mean, you got blood family out there, but they don't love you like God's family love you. Come on, somebody. This place is a good place. If God is the father, then the church is the mother. This is where I come to be fed. This is where I come for nourishment. This is where I come for strength. This is where I come for encouragement. This is where I come for joy. But among my people, when we're worshiping in one mind, in one accord, spirit and the truth. Come on, somebody. I can't make it without my brothers. I can't make it without my sisters. The amazing thing is when they recovered everything, they brought it back. Even the 200 men stood there. They said, no, it's not our stuff. Just give us back our wives and our kids and you keep everything else. David said, no, we're not going to do it that way. You're going to take it all. You're going to recover for all your stuff. There's some people out there that you've been working on for a long time. This ain't the time to give up. Come on, have you seen the shape of the world? This ain't the time to grow weary and well-doing. This ain't the time to lay down and and give out. This is the time to catch another gear. Come on somebody. This is the time to get up and stir up the fire just a little bit more. We might be down, but we're not out. We might be weary, but we're not done. Micah 7 and 8, my favorite scripture in all the Bible. said, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. <laughs> when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Mm. Woo, musicians, if y'all come, Hallelujah. I don't know what it is about this day and hour. It just seems to be a stigma in our area that think that the church is weak. Not this church. Not this people. Can I tell you why? Because we know what it's like to lose and we're tired of it i tell you why we're not going down in 2022 and the church is going up. Because we're sick and tired of being alone. We're sick and tired of living without joy. We're sick and tired of going home to burnt houses and burnt homes and lonely rooms. We're ready for revival. We're ready for harvest. my God. We're lost, but we ain't losers. We are winners. We read the back of the book. We win. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.